St. Joseph Radio presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, welcome and thank you, Matt. I am your host today. I'm Peter Cruz. We are live here in St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, and it is not the third Saturday of the month. It is the first Saturday of the month, but we're going to change it up a little bit. We're here live with Ray Gerard, and we're going to have evangelization moments. And we, we kind of think like it's the third Saturday, but we'll pretend it is and it isn't. But anyway, so what are we going to talk about today in evangelization moments? Uh, we're going to use the model of the saints for evangelization. There we are. So the name of the program today is The Glory of the Saints. And it is November. Uh, we had Old Saints Day followed by Old Souls Day, and we have an opportunity to pray for the saints and gain a plenary indulgence for them or for us. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But mostly, we're going to talk about the saints and why we should pray to them, what they can do for us, what, what, why they're yeah, saints. Who, who are all those people in those stained glass windows? I know. There's somebody. They must be somebody. Anyway, so we always start out with a prayer, and since I didn't tell Ray, I'll say, would, would you like to start it out? <laughs> okay, of course. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, um, St. Rose Philippine Duchesne, uh, St. Padre Pio, uh, St. John Paul II, uh, all you angels and saints in heaven, uh, please uh, hear this prayer and uh, convey, it, uh, convey it for us to Christ. Um, and of course, uh, we pray to St. Mary to convey this prayer to Christ. And we ask that Christ grant us uh, the grace and ability to um, speak well, to serve him well in everything that we say. We grant, we ask for uh, grace uh, to be given to uh, all the members of our listening audience so that he may speak to their hearts um, somehow through uh, you know, what, may, what we may touch on in this program. And that we ask that we use these things to serve him and to help all those with whom we come in contact. And we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was great. And, you know, while you were saying that, I was just uh, praying that. Thank you for that nice prayer. I, I was just thinking about uh, what we said before the program, which you all didn't hear. And that is, why do we pray f to the saints? And I, and I started thinking, you know, from a just a relationship standpoint, 
we we do that particular act all the time in all different forms of our life. We see it in Scripture. You know, look, when um, uh, our Lord was uh, had, had resurrected and they were sitting uh, having a piece of fish, Peter said to John, John, ask the Lord this. John, ask the Lord that. Because they had a particular relationship. You know, in government, we have lobbyists, right? They have relationship. You know, in our familial relationship, you know, if a stranger comes up to me in the street and asks me to do this or that, yeah, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But if my mom asks me, uh, you know, I would have moved heaven and earth. So we are in relationship. We are in relationship. So maybe yeah, that's. But, but a lot of people might say, well, okay, that, that that's fine. But but does God have to be the same way? In other words, okay, so if my mom asked me to to do something, um, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump on it simply because it's my mom asking. I mean, I'm not going to deny my mother anything. Um, but does God think that way? I mean, does God? It's a good question. Well, you want the answer? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in uh, in the letter of St. James, it declares that the prayer of a righteous man has great power in its uh, effects. Um, boom, 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 I think it's chapter 5, uh, verses 16 and 18, he talks about that. But anyways, the prayer of a righteous man. And wouldn't that be the case? And as a matter of fact, if you read and if you read, you know, on the, on the lives of the saints, uh, you'll find tremendous power in their prayers. Why is it that so many people would come to saints? You know, when, when you start hearing about a, a saint performing miracles, so you're going to go. I mean, there's long lines start, you know, forming. I mean, hey, there's a holy person here. Well, yeah, because his prayers are heard. If and why wouldn't God respond to us? If you are if you're praying, if you are fasting, if you are devoting yourself totally to him, if you really believe in him, you pay him the respect he deserves in your heart, um, why isn't he going to listen to you? Why isn't he going to grant you some graces? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, this is what he wants from all of us, right? To love him and to respect him. And so, I mean, James said it, um, and you can see it in the lives of the saints. Yeah, God honors the prayers of of the righteous. They're in relationship. You know, you go back to the Old Testament at the end of the book of Job. His tormentors prayed and God said, no, I'll listen to Job. I'm not listening to you. So the, we grow in relationship. That's what prayer is. We're talking to God. What do we do with our friends if we want to get to know well, them better? We, we spend time with them. We get to know them. We yeah, All you got to do is look at the wedding feast of Cana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, so, you know, uh, you know, Christ uh, responds to his mother and says, you know, hey, I'm not going to do this miracle with the wine thing yet because it's not yet my time. And, of course, she tells him, do it anyway. And then, of course, he does. Um, so if he, like you, you know, would listen to a request from his mother, wouldn't he still? And there are so many instances where that's exactly, there's a re- that's exactly the case. There is a reason why she is called the Mediatrix of All Graces. I mean, yeah. that is a title bestowed on her by the church. We recognize that we pray to Christ. If we want, if you want to ask for something, ask through Mary because, and why not? A prayer coming from Mary, wouldn't it be magnified in power? You know, if, if Mary hears us, and here's what we're asking. And then she asks her son. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sinful. I'm imperfect. Um, I'm sullied. I'm, I'm still on this, this planet. Um, 
had, I mean, I've been sullied by all the times that I have, you know, failed to do, you know, what God wanted me to do. But what if she hears my prayer and then she says, you know, by the way, can you do this, you know, for this guy Ray down there? I mean, how much different that is going to be? And I mean, it just, um, you know, and, and there are many instances. As a matter of fact, I've got a, I've got a personal story where that actually took place with in a very, very dramatic fashion, um, and somebody else was aided by it. And it was a prayer I made while in adoration in the presence of Christ, and I prayed to her before I even knew that that was her title, Mediatrix of All really? Graces. And um, yeah, and and so there's this special sort of experience for me then, and then a very dramatic sort of healing followed for somebody I knew. I mean, you know, I mean, this stuff, I mean, yeah, pray to Mary. It's a good idea. And I, I like the Magnificat. You know, I think you, you alluded to it. My soul magnifies ah. my Lord. And and at the the first um, the first miracle, first public miracle, I guess we should say, uh, Our Lady didn't say, Jesus, go do it. She said to everyone else, <laughs> right. do what he tells you to do. You know, so she, she does. She reflects the glory of God. And uh, as you said, what, what better person to pray for you than, than Mary? I think you're in at that point. I think you're in. If she prays for you, I think you're in. I think that's it. I, I, I think it was, I'm trying to remember the Father, I think it was Father Gately. He, he said, I, you know, I want to go to heaven. And he says that uh, the, the best way there is through Mary. So I think I'll take that route. <laughs> I think I'll take that route. Yeah. So we're talking about the saints, and I'm knocking into my microphone. We're talking about the saints. We're talking about why do we pray to them and um, what, who is a saint. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. But, you know, and we talk about how it's scriptural, too. You know, in Revelations, it, there's, um, there's this, um, a scene where all of the yes. saints and angels are carrying our prayers to the Lamb like incense. So and anyone who says you, you, you shouldn't pray to the saints, uh, they're, they're just flat wrong. I mean, they're, what, why would someone say they shouldn't pray to the saints? Uh, well, there's, you know, for one reason, uh, well, for one reason, I mean, Christ is the sole mediator. You know, why do we need, why do we need somebody else? I mean, Christ is, I mean, doesn't it say that? There is one, it does. God, now one mediator. Absolutely. First uh, Timothy, uh, chap, uh, chapter two, section five, verse right. five. Uh, I'm speaking like a lawyer. <laughs> section, no, it's not the section, it's verse five. Um, anyways, um, yeah, for there is one God and there is one mediator. Oh, but yeah, but you know, if you looked at like the verses just before verse five, then you find uh, something else where it says, uh, first of all, Paul says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, is it, is it, I mean, aren't you, uh, aren't you impressed you asked me this question and I just happen to have the answer for you? I am blown away. (laughs) So anyways, well, maybe because I kind of knew what we were going to be talking about today. (laughs) But anyways. Uh, Paul says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings, and for all who are in high positions, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectful in every way. That is good and pleasing to God our Savior. So if you say, for example, 
that you shouldn't pray to saints because, hey, we just have one mediator between God and man, that's Christ, and nobody can take his place. And there is, and there is absolutely truth in that. Um, you know, can't you ask somebody to pray to that mediator between humanity and God for us? Can't you ask somebody else? I mean, Paul says intercessions. You have to, you should be praying for kings, for people in high positions, for all men, and that is pleasing to God. Now, if I'm supposed to pray for you, and you're supposed to pray for me, and we're supposed to pray for the president, the members of the Supreme Court, local mayor, whatever, we're supposed to pray for all these people. Um, you know, uh, but, but there's only one mediator. I mean, I'm, if I'm praying for somebody, I'm taking on the role of an intercessor. Right. I'm, and how dare I? Why would I, why would I have the arrogance to do that? Well, it's only because Paul says this is pleasing to God. Right. God, and why wouldn't God want us all to pray for each other? I mean, prayer is such a beneficial thing. That's where we connect mm-hmm. with God. Um, the best kind of prayer is right when you uh, you know go inside your own mind and your own heart when you pray f- you know from the heart you pray earnestly and devoutly not just some memorized words but you pray what's what's on your heart you pray with feeling you pray with emotion you pray with love i mean if you're praying with love then you are absolutely connecting with god why wouldn't god want all his children to do that and have and and to do it and and try to intercede before him with for other people because then what you're following Christ's two commandments Christ you know the the two commandments Christ said were the most important right you know uh, you know love your God all your and, heart all your mind all your soul right and love everybody else around you right yeah um, when we're praying for other people isn't that what we're doing well and. The, I think we have to look at words too. You're a lawyer, so I'm going to test your lawyering skills in a. You in already a gave me one test. I know. I'll give you a couple more. But the 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 one thing we should know is that praying for each other is scriptural, scriptural, and, and it is what we were commanded to do. Now we said that our Lord is the one mediator. There's no doubt about that. Our Lord has shared His ministry with us in many ways. He. He doesn't need the or the mediation. He can handle everything, but he invites us to share it with him. It's very clear. We are invited to share in his ministry in We're many ways. To evangelize? Absolutely, many ways. So let's let's go to the word so we don't we don't get folks confused. If we have any Protestants on the on the line, and we usually do, and when we used to have phone calls, we would usually hear from them. So let's 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 uh, talk about how we have a difficulty with the English language. So you've written briefs, you've written uh, uh, petitions to the court. What might one of the first words be in in such a petition? You mean like I pray or we pray? Oh, I passed the test. Yeah, yeah. you're a lawyer, you know that. <laughs> we pray that the court grant this relief. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're asking, right? The word "pray" in in older English and in legal English means to ask. So I am. Yeah, I could say I pray. You know, the, 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 there is a contraction that used to be. It's prithee, yeah, prithee, do this for me, right? Prithee. But what it, really, what it really meant is pray thee, you know, do this for me. So what we're doing when we're saying praying, we're asking. So I'm asking you to pray for me, right? Prithee, do this for me. So we're, we're, we're not adoring any of our saints. You know, we only worship one 
being, and that's God. We Catholics, when we say we're praying to the saints, we're asking for intercession, we are not worshiping him. We do not worship Mary. We do not worship the saints. We only worship God. We ask or pray. So we're making, we have to make a distinction. The one word pray sometimes is used interchangeably with, for worship and for asking or intercessing. Yeah, and there's one of the um, we could talk a bit more on, on that whole concept as well. But before we do that, just to go back a little bit, uh, there's one more thought I kind of want to throw out. So in this this verse that that's commonly quoted, you know, for not praying to the saints, First uh, Timothy two five, uh, for there is one God, one mediator. You know, if you're talking about words, and what is the the meaning to be attached to certain words, um, what do we mean by mediator? And let me just, would it not mean, or could it not be um, meant um, when Paul used it in the sense of a mediator for our salvation? Is that maybe, was that not maybe the intent? There was one mediator between God and man. If you're going to reconcile humanity to man, and what Paul elsewhere says in his letters, right, reconciled by the blood of Christ. He speaks of being reconciled by the blood of Christ. Um, If you are going to uh, bridge the gap between God and man, that has to happen through Christ. The only way that happens, the only way any of us go to heaven because we're all sinful is through the power of the sacrifice on the cross. Absolutely. Isn't that... Isn't that then uh, the way in which he is the sole mediator? It is. And this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Krutz, and we're here in studio doing evangelization moments, the glory of the saints with Ray Gerard. Okay, so so we know that there's a difference between the word pray, and we know that there's a difference between the word worship, and there's a difference in those acts, too. But we're talking about the saints, so we know why we should pray to them. We're asking for their intercession. We know why we should pray for each other and pray constantly, as Paul says. And we know that the saints are praying for us, carrying our prayers to our Lord like incense. So let's talk about some of these great saints. You got a favorite? Do I have a favorite? Yeah. Um, I suppose, well, it's hard to say favorite. I suppose the one that is the most prominent, the one that mind and, and the biggest kind of a way is, is for me anyways is probably St. Padre Peel. Yeah, his Saint, um, his his feast no it's not. It's September, I think. His feast stays in September. Uh, I mean you could talk about so many different saints, but um I've, obviously St. Mary's got to be first on the list, but Padre Peel is just an amazingly powerful and I think uh, important saint and important in this regard. Um you know you hear about St. Francis of Assisi. And he had the stigmata. Yeah, okay, well, the guy lived in the 1200s. Stigmata, okay, am I going to blaspheme if I say stigmata, shamata, or something? But, um, you know, I mean, you could, bel- you, you, could, you could treat the stigmata in that kind of uh, sarcastic or disbelieving, skeptical manner. Hey, it was in the 1200s. Uh, probably really didn't happen. These people blew these things out of proportion, you know. But here's a guy who lived... Uh, into the 1960s, the men had gone and circled the moon at that point. Um, you know, the atomic uh, you know bomb had been created. We solved the, you know the the splitting of the atom. You know, he lived into 
the age of science. 1968. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, here's a guy who, if you told him about the wonders of science and so forth, he'd say, yeah, that's that's nice. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, but but God is everything. Um, And, you know, there's a there's a gentleman who, uh, uh, I guess, one of his what do they, they call him, sons of faith or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was a close, he was like a spiritual son. I think that was the term, spiritual right. son of Padre Pio. His name was Alfredo Afetado, and I met I met him once actually. But he knew Padre Pio, I think, for at least fifteen years uh, in a close personal way. And um, you know, uh, he he said that you know, with, being with Padre Pio is is like, you know, um, actually, this was a a phrase that was, um, or a description given about, uh, given about Padre Pio by, I think, some local professor who said he made the supernatural natural. Mm-hmm. There were so many miracles occurring, so many astounding things on a daily basis that they became commonplace. So here's a guy in the age of science bearing the stigmata for 50 years and you know, having all of these miraculous supernatural events happening. Uh, you know, he is a walking, living proof of God. And, you know, you can't say, as you could, like with some, like St. Francis or some of the other saints that lived in the 1200s or hundreds of other, other saints who lived hundreds of years ago, while it was just a believing, gullible, unscientific people. Um, no. I mean, you, you know, if, if, if you're wondering, why, why do we even... I mean, why does somebody like 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 Padre Pio? Why is he even allowed to perform miracles? I mean, isn't it simply because God wants us to believe, wants us to love Him, um, and so here you have this man, and uh, he's he's there. Anybody who want, really has doubts, you know, you read some of the events, um, you know, of his life, and it's just powerful. It's just it's just incredibly dramatic. I remember when I. I um, was reading a book about him. I just I couldn't put it down, just page after page. It was just hugely dramatic for you know, so but anyway, so Padre Pio is, is one of the saints that I that I think of when I try to think of um saints that I, you know, appreciate or value the most. What about you? Is the one uh is the one that comes to mind for you? I guess two. Uh I like No, no, no. We just said one. Well, Okay, I'll give you two. I'll give you you another one, too. So (laughs) I like like, uh, Maximilian Kolbe, who I discovered a couple of years ago. More than a couple of years ago, but he's uh, an amazing, amazing man. He was a a famous man as in his own right. He had a monastery with 1,800 monks in the 30s. How did you communicate back then? Well, you had a newspaper. Well, he didn't have a printing press, but all of a sudden he gets a printing press and he has circulation of three three million people and there's an airstrip. And and, the, and, and then all of a sudden the Nazi um, invaded Poland and they were after him. Uh, the, the long story about, uh, about uh, Maximilian Kolbe is that he, he was a very famous figure. You knew him. You know, his face was well known, but when he went to Auschwitz, he was shaved bald, lost his, you know, no beard. He still made a difference in this world. And uh, I, I won't continue on with the story, but it, it, that's one of the reasons why we like to study the lives of the saints, because they uh, quite literally lived a life of heroic virtue, right? They, and I'm, I'm sure some of us would know you were around a holy person when you are. You know, you can almost feel it, it's almost palatable. 
But so he's one of my favorites. The other one I discovered recently when my brother was working on his master's uh, thesis, and he was doing it on the economics of Mexico during the 20s and 30s, and I discovered that it was a communistic, socialistic country, and they basically outlawed the church. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mexico, Mexico it's Catholic. What do you could, Couldn't yeah. happen. And Padre Pro uh, became a priest during this period of time, and he was when the seminaries were closed down, and he was sent to, to Europe to complete his education. He came back, and he did what, what priests have done throughout history. He served, their, he served the people, whether it was dangerous for him or not. Uh, it was illegal to wear your um, clerical um, outfits. Well, so it, it, it inhibited him, so he didn't. So if he went to see a rich person, he dressed as a wealthy person. If he went to see a poor person, he dressed as a poor person. There were people in prison being executed for their faith. So he dressed up as prison guards and policemen and brought them their last rites. And the government hated him so much they said we're going to make an example of him, and we're going to we're going to execute him publicly. They it's on film. They took pictures. Um, they announced it publicly that they were going to do this. And as he is being executed, there's a firing squad. He goes to each person in the firing squad and personally forgives them. He then prays, and then he goes and and his last. You know, his last words were, Vivo Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. And out of the 10, <laughs> only one actually had a bullet that hit him. Mm-hmm. And as he's, do- as he's wounded, uh, lying on the ground, the, the commandant came and shot him in the head. Oh, It was all on film. All, it was in the oh, newspapers. Wow. And it was illegal to go to his funeral. Millions of people turned out for his funeral, and that was the end. So it, it brings to mind that old saying that the blood of the saints grows the faith. And, of course, St. Maximilian had a martyr's death as well. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you don't know, I mean, so Maximilian Kolbe, um, I, there's a shrine to St. Maximilian Kolbe here in the United States. Uh, Do you know why? Uh, tell me Why? The, the man he saved, we were skipping the story, but the man he saved came to the United States and, and, and traveled all around telling the story. Um, anyways, it's, uh, it, it's, in, it's, it's north of Chicago. It's actually um, in a town named after Cardinal Mundelin, Mundelin, Illinois. Um, and it's where uh, I practiced uh, Eucharistic adoration for a number of years. Um, it's now called uh, uh, Marytown. And uh, they have uh, a bit of a, a museum there with a lot of actual artifacts from his time at, at Auschwitz. You said the Nazis were after him. Yeah, they put him into Auschwitz. And that's actually where he died. There was uh, a man who escaped from the prison camp. And uh, to prevent and dissuade anybody from trying to escape again, they decided to be compassionate. They were going to kill 30, but then the commandant decided, well, no, how about 20? No, I'll tell you what, I'll be really compassionate. I'll only kill 10 people. Of the people who didn't escape. People who didn't escape. I guess we'll have to finish the story when we come back. Yeah. Well, and it is a good story. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to... Why do we pray to the saints? We've talked about that. But why do we venerate the saints? Why, why do we want to get to know them better? Because they were wonderful examples of how to love Christ and his people, right? It is that great commandment that you mentioned before. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what these saints did. And these two stories, the first two saints we're talking about, 
did exactly that. So this is your opportunity to run out, tell a friend that we're talking about the Saints on this program. So come on back in two minutes. We'll be here, and we're talking about the Saints. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and I'm with Ray Gerard, and we're talking about the glory of the saints. We talked about how the, um, how, 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 why we should pray to saints, how it is biblical, and um, what the difference is, perhaps, between we, the word pray and the word worship. I guess the number one reason to pray to saints, they can help. They can help. Yeah, how about that? We got to do it, and and uh, we we just talked about two of our favorite saints, but uh, who's next? Well, I suppose instead of just leaving these people hanging, we ought to finish that story. Which story were we talking about? We're talking about your one of your favorites, Maximilian Colby. That's who we're all right. Go for Maximilian Colby. Okay, go. So they, in all their compassion, they were going to execute just ten people. Well, the way they were going to execute these people was kind of horrific. They're going to stick them in a in a cell and just let them slowly starve to death, and they were going to cramp ten people into a cell that was probably big enough for one or two. I mean, they were sitting. All ten could not have lied down on the floor at the right. same time. Right. So some of it was always, I guess, several people always standing. I mean, that's how. Anyway, so um, you're talking about um, um, that uh, that priest who uh, who died the glorious death in, in Mexico yes. as martyr's death. Well, and he died with peace and serenity. Right. Same thing happened here. Um, they started hearing like, you know, uh, praying and chanting and hymns being sung from this from this cell, and eventually they had to they had to kill Maximilian with an injection because he didn't starve fast enough. But anyways, the whole reason the, and the, the the principal point of of this story is that he imitated Christ. Right. right. Saint Paul says what that uh, it's hard to die even for a just man. Right. 
we might, one might find the courage to die for a just man. Isn't that what St. Paul says? But of course, Christ proved his love for us and that we were still sinners and he, he still died for us. Well, trying to imitate Christ, uh, Colby, not knowing whether or not this man— Well, here, let me, let me, uh, let me just explain. So they, picked, they were going to pick 10 people to go into this cell. And uh, when they, they called it the starvation bunker, and it ah, was okay. below ground, and everybody could hear them suffering. Oh, okay. So, anyways, so when one of these ten people got picked, he let out some kind of a sigh about his wife and children, and so um, Colby stepped forward, coming out of the the ranks. They were in lines, in rows and lines. He stepped, and you never did that, and the colonel. Uh, was so taken aback by somebody walking forward when they were not ordered to do so that he thought that this man was going to attack him. He actually instinctively reached for his pistol, being afraid. (laughs) But Colby steps forward, and instead he says, I want to take this man's place. I want to die for this man. Um, And... uh, and that's what that's what happened. So he gave his life for somebody else. And at uh, uh, Colby's canonization, this man uh, was there, uh, was able to to see that. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, dying a martyr's death, imitating Christ, having peace and serenity uh, at his death. Um, it's just an amazing story. What kind of faith? What kind of belief? What kind of Mental attitude do you have to have to do that? Um, I mean, I, I think it, I mean it's obvious. I mean, you have to have a hugely—I mean, just a tremendously deep faith. You have to have love for that man so that he can perhaps, if he survives Auschwitz, go back to his wife and kids. You have to have love to the point where you're going to sacrifice your— That's—I mean, that, that's the model of a saint— yeah, and we 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 can do these little sacrifices in our life, and it all it all counts too. But I heard that same story that you were telling um, by someone from I believe he's the Netherlands, and it was all translated. Right, he was talking, and it's being translated at the same time. And what's interesting, the person who gave this account was the man was the last man who was pushed aside as he walked up. So it's it's uh, it, as we said about Padre Pio, it's a contemporary saint. It's there are people who knew him, uh, who have told the story, who have firsthand accounts of what happened and the the, the, the holiness of the man and the selfish selflessness of the man. But that's what we're asked to do. Uh, we're asked, uh, well, who's going to be? You ever hear that? You know, well, I'm you know I'm okay, but I'm never going to be a saint. What do you think about that? I'm never going to be a saint. Oh well, yeah. I mean, um, uh, that's what a little bit of a of a cap out allows you uh, allows you not to try. Yeah, you know. Um, and I suppose in a lot of ways, it's it's often enough. It's not so much just that you're you're trying to cap out, but it's like you don't feel worthy. You don't feel oh God could never, you know, give me that kind of a of an honor. I've yeah. I've already done things yeah. that I'm I'm sorry for and that I. I can't take back, and I'm never going to be able. And because of those, I'll never be able to be a saint. But of course, that's thinking like we think. That's right. Yeah. And you know what's that old saying? Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Yeah, saint Augustine, for one. Yeah, yeah. And and they certainly did. So, and we need to make clear what is a saint. We have the formally canonized saints, which we can talk about how they become a saint, but. 
Anybody who's in heaven in the presence of God is a saint. That's what a saint is, somebody who is in the immediate presence of God. Sancti- All those people. Sanctus pe- holy. You know, that's right. Yeah. They're in heaven. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a detour here because it is November, and we do have the opportunity to, or we are encouraged to pray for the, for the um, poor souls in purgatory at this uh, time in our life. Um, or I should say on at this month, the month of November. Do you want to explain about the indulgence? I will. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, the Usually <laughs> you only get a couple of days, right? First and second, maybe the first eight days of the month. But uh, the Holy Father has extended this for the whole month of November. And help me get this right. But I think what we need to do in order to, to um, petition for this um, plenary indulgence is uh, what I do in November, I visit a cemetery, but you can also visit an oratory or a church. You, you. Well, I think, I think to, for the for a departed soul, I think the plenary indulgence is available uh, even for yourself. But I, there, there's yes. certain days that that, and I think it, the bishop um, can uh, can decide. I mean, one was All Souls. I think it was All Souls Day, uh, which is now past. But I think either may perhaps the. Um, Sunday after, or you know, I, so I, it depends. I think on what what your bishop decides. Traditionally, you're right, but this year there, the Holy Father has made an exception because of uh, COVID, which extends to the the whole month for the for the indulgence for yourself and for the for the ah. uh, for the departed. It's for uh-huh. the whole month. So, it, as you said, it's usually a day or two, sometimes eight days, depending upon what the bishop says. But now we have it for the whole month. So you, you, you should, you know, you go to the cemetery, the oratory of the church, uh, you, you pray the creed, the Our Father, and you meditate for 15 minutes. You have to go to Mass, receive communion, go to confession, uh, and then the hard one, make sure that you have uh, separated yourself from all attachment of sin, both mortal and venial. So there's the tough one. But you, you can, and by the way, you can offer this plenary indulgence for anyone. Yeah, you can, yeah, you get it, yeah, that's right. So for a departed soul, um, and you're right, it was only November 1st of 8th, but not for the entire month of November, for a departed family member, somebody in purgatory, uh, you can uh, you can earn them a plenary indulgence, which is huge. Get yeah. out of jail. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, you're right. You go to confession and receive the Eucharist, and uh, I believe that, um, you know, with one confession, you can, you know, uh, earn this for several souls. But I think for each soul that you're trying to earn this for, I think you do have to receive uh, communion for each, each one. Yes. Um, then you have to pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. And I right. Think, and I think an Our Father and a Hail Mary suffice for that, yep. I think. Um, and yeah, you have to detach yourself from uh, from you know from even from venial sin, and then to um, and to and to earn this for a departed soul, you visit a cemetery, and I think it's sufficient if you just engage in some kind of mental prayer. Yep. Um, for the a departed soul, and I've actually already taken advantage of this uh, from a brother who died at a at a young age, mm-hmm. um, young being twenty nine, um, but it's um, you know it's. It's a powerful experience. I mean, it is a joinder of heaven and earth. The idea that because you, you know, devote yourself uh, in this way, uh, in the memory of some other person there standing in a cemetery, you can have a sense that you can have a sense of connection. 
mm-hmm. with um, this family member of yours um, who's not gone. Right. They're just in a little bit of a different place. And you can go to any cemetery. And you go to any I, – well, I chose a Catholic cemetery, but I, would, I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it doesn't have to be your brother's cemetery, for Oh, example. right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Well, there we are. So don't forget, there's something you can do. Homework, right? It's a takeaway. Let's talk yeah. about some of our other saints. I see that Ray has uh, all these printouts and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books. So who, who we're we're going to be out of time before we know it. So uh, give well, me there's, a... there's no way we're going to cover. You know, I, I I always bring more material than uh, than we need. But um, there's there's so many interesting stories uh, in some of these. Um, one of them, for example, was Saint Catherine of of Siena. I mean, I love these stories of the of the saints. Um, they, yeah, there's a reason why we pray. They are an example. There's a reason why we try to remember the saints and read about the saints. They are an example, and it's absolutely true that what you occupy your mind with colors who you are. Mm-hmm. And to read about somebody and how they lived their life, I'm reading right now a biography, autobiography of, of Bishop Sheen, and it's just. Um, it's inspiring, you know. It's it's another person, um, and 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 how they you know went about you know dealing with you know the the turmoil of of living a human life, and how they dealt with it. And if they could do it, um, you know, then you know why not why not me to some extent. And it's just tremendously inspiring and and helpful. Um, there's a, a story that I think it's is it. Uh, is it? Uh, uh, I think it's uh, yeah, Saint uh, Philip Neri, and uh, there's a uh, yeah, there's a criminal under a sentence of death, and he was obstinately resisting all attempts um, to bring him to a proper frame of mind. He's about he's about to die. Priest comes to see him. Hey, you want to confess your sins? No, get away from me, you you know villainous so priest so, yeah. or whatever. Um, so Philip seized him by the collar and laid him out flat on the ground. And apparently um, he, the response um, from Philip's intervention was, so, was immediate. He made his confession and uh, then, yeah, went into the next world, um, you know, regretting his sins. I mean, he probably saved his soul. There's another case where a young man was uh, impervious to any kinds of appeals um, and Philip finally said to him, well, I see we must come to facts with you. And making him kneel down with his head on his knees, he said, look now with your own eyes at the pains which await you in hell. The youth, uh, having remained with his head on Philip's knees for a short while, began to show signs of intense agitation and was soon induced to make a good confession. I mean, here's the guy. Okay, so you've got a guy like St. Philip Neri who is so close to Christ that he can call for the, what, the gates of hell to be opened, at least to the point where this guy can see uh, what hell looks like in that sense, opening these gates of hell. Um, And then it happens, (laughs) you know. But, you know, that... That's what can happen if um, if you really have faith and you live a faithful life. Then the, as it was said of Padre Pio, the supernatural becomes natural. Mm-hmm. The the rare becomes commonplace. I mean, this is this is this is all true. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, heaven, hell, um, 
the devil and uh, my goodness. I mean, and the only reason that happened, of course, was because of the prayer of a righteous person. That's right. Saint Philip Neri. Saint Philip Neri wasn't able by himself to let this person see into hell, but he was able to ask God. He was able to intercede for this sinful man and pray to God for him. And the prayer of that righteous Saint Philip Neri allowed it to happen. And he was a man who clearly recognized his own weakness too. Uh, the famous prayer for of Saint. Philip Neri is, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, because without your grace, I will betray you before the sun goes down. Oh, yeah. So he, he, he was a good man and good righteous man, but he worked at it. He dedicated his life to it. And he, oh, sure. And he was able to help a lot of other people as well. Sure, sure. Um, I, think it was, I think it was him who struggled with the temptation for worldly goods and then, you know, so, and then finally, you know, was, was released from that. But um, yeah, I mean, they, they struggle just like you know everybody else. So read about Books of the Saints. Uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Kreutz, with Ray Gerard, and we're talking about uh, the glory of the saints. So what can we do? Just We're just regular guys. You're not, you're not a clergy. I'm not clergy. We're just uh, fathers and husbands. Uh, but we need to be better men. We need to be better. Uh, we need to be the men that God calls us to be. And one way to do that is to learn about other men and women who have led these heroic lives of heroic virtue and became saints. They're good examples. It's people we can follow. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, reading about the reading about the saints, you know, what you'll come across is their intense faith. You'll You'll read about how, um, you know, how they may have how they may have said a mass, um, you know, how they how they approach the Eucharist, um, how they approach you know other people. I mean, for example, um, one of my favorite stories about Saint Catherine of Siena, for example, is uh, how she attended people in a hospital with leprosy. Mm-hmm. I mean, who does that? Well, of course, Mother Teresa right. as well, but right. would, would attend all kinds of sick people, uh, with, but. You know, here she is attending this person. And on top of it, there's this one person in particular, Cheka was her name. And uh, nobody uh, would, would attend to, the, to this woman. Uh, nobody would dare go near her or touch her. And Cheka would always um, greet um, uh, St. Catherine with vile insults, just returned her kindness with, you know, just scorn. Mm-hmm. And you know, always, always did that. And uh, you know, I guess uh, I think it was Catherine Siena's mother who sort of intervened and forbade her to go and care for this woman anymore. Oh, because, really? Because she was afraid that Catherine would catch the leprosy. Yeah. Catherine did not listen to her mother, <laughs> and ended up catching leprosy, uh-huh. and it was showing on her hands. Um, and I don't know where else. But anyways, um, then this woman dies, and no one wanted to prepare the body for burial. Well, Catherine um, took that upon herself and actually prepared the body. Not only prepared the body, but actually buried her with, oh, wow. with her own hands. Because nobody, nobody I mean, help. everybody was so fearful of yeah. this leprosy. And as she completed the burial, I think there was... Um, 
a fragrance smell uh, that that was uh, observed or, or sensed by people at the time. But anyways, as she got done and wiped the dirt off her hands, um, guess what? Guess what? Also disappeared from her. The hands. leprosy. Leprosy was gone. Right. Yeah. And and it is that leprosy. It has a foul smell to it. And uh, the when you're with a saint, if you will, or a holy person, sometimes there's said to be a very sweet smell. I mean, the the reason why, I mean, you hear these stories, and it's really hard to relate to miracle stories. I mean, we don't have miracles occurring in our lives every day. It's really hard to relate to these things. But the fact of the matter is, um, all you have to do is, is, and if you read about them, you begin to understand that they can happen. And what's more, you understand the reason why they happen. And they happen again, going back to this, this, this point we made earlier, the righteous, righteous person. They happen because of the intense faith of these people. Their faith really doesn't know any bounds. I mean, they, they, they go through anything. They sacrifice anything. They, you know, they live in squalor. They, they, you know, they live on little food. Uh, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter to them because what's most important to them is the relationship they have with God. It's that faith uh, that just, you know, str- you know, comes out of their lives and uh, and impresses you so much. Right. You know, no, no, no doubt about it. So let me tell you about some other saints that uh, we have. I see a few over there, but you know, one of the things that are really cool about the saints is there's there's patron saints of almost everything. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, 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 I printed out a list the other day. I don't know how many. It was like 30 pages long, and it's not even a complete list. So, you know, whatever your business happens to be or whatever your pursuit happens to be, there's there's always a patron saint of that particular thing, whatever it is, um, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a, an actor. Um, uh, the lawyers, of course, would be St. Thomas More, I think. St. Thomas More. St. Thomas More. Uh, and... Um, the Saint uh, Lucy, of course, I have bad eyes, so Saint Lucy is the patron saint of uh, folks with eye problems. But there's somebody out there who is praying for you, or somebody you could really identify with for your particular uh, ailment or or, um, or or time in life. Uh, the Saint, isn't it uh, for folks who are women who are expecting um, the Saint? Uh, is it Gerard? St. Gerard Magella. St. Gerard Magella. You know, so there's a saint for almost everything. A saint by the name of Gerard, but it's a different person. <laughs> Is it? Oh, it's not you? Oh, I thought I had a direct line here. No. Um, but uh, no, I think, I think uh, that helps us. Um, you know, it, it just, it's, just, it's just an aid. Well, here, here's this particular saint, you know, to pray to. And... When you pray to a particular saint, perhaps on some kind of regular basis, it's like having a relationship, um, you know, with a friend, mm-hmm. and it just makes it more personal, makes it more real. Yeah, and yeah. I might encourage you to. And if the and these people are, I mean, now think about it. Um, okay, we say that there's a heaven. We say that there's an afterlife. We say that after this this life here is over, if you've lived a faithful life, or you know, if you repent of your sins and you believe in Christ. Okay, that, that, that heaven, you know, can await you as well. And so for the saints, there are saints in heaven, right? All people in heaven, heaven are, are saints. saints. Okay. Yeah. So if we say that and if we believe that, 
then supposing we talk every, every day to a particular saint. Mm-hmm. Supposing I pray every day to St. Philip Neri. Well, he's going to hear me. Yeah. And okay, so now there's this, this, this person you know, down there in St. Louis, and he's praying to me every day. Um, is he not going to appreciate that? Is he maybe not going to take you know, your, your requests and then convey them to God? I mean, this business about you know, establishing a relationship with a saint um, it's not make-believe. No. This is real. That's right. And this is evangelization moment. So let's talk about some things we might do or encourage people to do. One of those things might be to look up your saint, right? I, I, my first name really isn't Peter. Um, my first name is Ulrich, and I always thought that that wasn't a saint. I looked it up. Guess what? St. Ulrich was a bishop of Augsburg. He was the first formally canonized saint. So he's a saint. So you learn a little bit more about yourself. You know, the other day I had a business call, and uh, we talked about what it was a Friday morning. He says, I'm taking the rest of the day off because my daughter is going to be confirmed. So it, it gave us an opportunity to say, all right. I said, so what's your, what's your daughter's saint's name? So we talked about that. I think it was St. Philomena. We talked about that. Oh, really? And my client There's on the other— There's a powerful saint story. Yeah. And we don't have time for that. We don't. Oh, well, that's another day. But anyway, we can, we can bring the saints into our common parlance, into our common daily conversation. And maybe that'll encourage people to look into their saints or other saints— yeah, I mean, like, um, I think if we occupy our thoughts with this world and, you know, things, you know, concerns about our job and, and you know, whatever sports team we happen to be rooting for and, blah, and et cetera, et cetera, that's where, you know, that's where our heart is, right? But if we're thinking about the saints, my goodness, they're going to help lead us to God. I mean, it's going to, you know, you spend time reading of the saints. I mean, you spend time reading the Bible. That is time very well spent. I Absolutely. mean, it's a spiritual time. 20 minutes of spiritual reading is considered to earn a plenary indulgence. So we're, uh-huh. we're always into reading, as long uh-huh. as we're talking about plenary indulgence. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. And there I go, there we go. We have, we have squandered the hour uh, talking about the saints, but you don't squander the next hour. Look up some saints, uh, see who might be your patron, uh, I, I was going to have eye surgery, and I visited a buddy of mine who was a priest. And what happened? We're talking about St. Lucy, and the next day I went to Mass where he said Mass, and, he, and the story was the blind man being cured. So God is interested in your life. These are not coincidences. These are God incidences. So talk about the saints in your daily parlance, in your daily conversation, and bring them more into, their, into your lives because they want to be. God wants to be part of our lives. So go out, have a great day and a great week, and come back and see us next week at this same time. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ 
to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.